1: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
0: All right, yeah, I know.
2: Well, here we are. I'm Donald, often known as Turbrech on Twitter. 60-year-old farmer from Fife. I sell eggs, free-range eggs. That's not really why I'm calling. I'm calling because I want to take you back to round about 1975. We're in an upstairs bar in a student union in Edinburgh. The room is full of young men. Too few women, alas. And we're singing songs. Some of the songs are positively indecent, and I have chosen not to remember any of them. But one song stands out. It's the Music Man. And one particular verse rings true. I'll try to sing it. I am the Music Man, I come from down your way. What can you play? What can you play? There's a pause here. It could be cows or it could be whales even. That was a memorable verse. But in this instance, what can you play Proceeds. ...the archers, the archers... Dum peony dum, blueberry dum, dum peony dum, dumb, dum peony dum, Dumpty dum, dump dee dum, dum dee diddly dum, dum dee diddly dum, Dumpty dee dom, dee diddly dum...
3: You know, we love you and all that, and you love us and all that. Well, please, 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 can you... Um uh vote for us uh on the Listener Choice Award or the British Podcast Awards, which is at British dot com forward slash vote. Now there it's quite at the bottom it says search for the podcast and I'm going to do it now. I'm not allowed to vote for myself more than once because that would be bad. Um you have to be extremely picky. ...about how you type it in. Otherwise, the stupid thing doesn't recognise it. So, you have to write DUM-T-DUM...
4: As one word.
3: As one word with a capital D. Otherwise, it gives you a load of guff that is not us. Mm. Um, So, if you could do that,
4: we would thank you from the heart of our bottoms. And you don't have to be... They don't have to be British, do they, to vote... Did it have to be what? British? No. No, 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 no,
3: the podcast has to be British but you do not. All
4: right. So next no...
3: Brexit reply.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh pl- pl- please vote because that would just be lovely.
3: It would. <laughs> Sad news first. Kate got in touch to tell us of the very sad death of John Seventh at the age of 82 after a short illness. Um, we are very sorry to hear that, Kate. And lots of love to you and your mum from us and all the other Dumpty Dummers.
4: This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that I centred an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Wedgwood saucer, that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the cracked teapot that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our second best China, folks, is you. Second best China? Is that Taiwan? So... <laughs> <laughs> well, someone said, is that something to do with Trump? <laughs> Being as... nation. You know what? Being as I've just done, a little bit of a geographical joke. Um, I know I shouldn't do this. So I was going to do this at the end. Uh, but um, thank you uh, for my maps this week. I had... four four maps this week. One from Witherspoon, a gin-making map um, of Scotland from Jane Roth and uh, Denise Tomlinson, sorry, Dusty. Um, Where are the green sheep? A beautiful old map of Australia where the sheep live. Glyn Fullerlove actually won Map of the Week, Lucy. Check this one out. (laughs) A map of how nearly every European country names syphilis after its neighbour let that what? sink in yeah, exactly so in england you called it the french disease in oh. in germany you called it the like the polish disease it's amazing oh. map of the week, <laughs> <laughs> and i also had um another incredible map um an Ottoman map of the United States from 1803 that includes the states and the names of the Native American tribes. Keep the maps are coming, and that's from Antessa Herring, by the way. Keep the maps are coming, folks. They're done off enliven my timeline. But Lucy, mm-hmm. um, we're not a show about maps per se, are we? I'm. I'm. To be honest, I'm never sure, but I don't think so. No. <laughs> um, this week's dumby dum. Hmm. Um. Who is it? Is it Mr. Turbrecht again? It could be. Yeah, let's... Uh, could it, be it, the it,
3: Academic Archers, could be whoever you fancy.
4: Well, uh, I fancy him at the moment. Okay. Right, great. Right. So that's what you listen to, folks. But if somebody would like to send in a dum dum loose, how can they do that?
3: If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or start a row about the definition of the word flibbity gibbet on Twitter. Call us on one three one oh five or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Um, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shed Code for sponsoring us, and to Derek from low in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek loves a dog show, uh, so he's um, been to London this week. And he entered a German shepherd called Hans. And after that, he went to cry.
4: <laughs> well done. Well done, you. On this week's episode, we have calls from Claire from Clapham, who I actually kind of know a little bit now, Um, who wanted cownage. Judy from Pickering, who finally has use of her second best china. Glyn, full of love, who wants a Brighton update. Claire, who's relieved for Lillian. Andrew, who wants to keep death off the roads, and you need a green cross code man for that, and mm. Goddess Diva, who says love is all good. But first, before the caller in, let's have the top of the shop. The best bit of the show it's Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. <laughs>
3: We started the week with Krusty going to get right up her nose at Miranda because the spinny thing in the loose wasn't working. Working as a spa manager in a five star rural luxury hotel is probably not the best vantage point from which to launch your career as a pugnacious class warrior, Krusty. Miranda then insisted on speaking to Cathy Perks. I'm sorry, Mrs. Elliot, but Mrs. Perks is unavailable. She developed a speaking disorder about 18 months ago, which rendered her mute and invisible. So performing any sort of disciplinary will be extremely challenging. She then took her bad mood over to the stables where she told Lillian that she was putting her foot down right on Justin's wrinkly little nuts. In a little (laughs) exchange that I refuse to believe was not written with this monologue in mind, Shula asked Lillian if she was ready for the girth. I'm not sure, said Lillian, but pass me the saddle oil and I'll give it a go. Once Lillian was comfortable, Shula expressed her shock and outrage at the fact that Lillian enjoyed the physical side of life with Justin. Just because your idea of heated passion with Alistair is when you warm his corn plasters on the radiator. Don't knock anyone that likes a bit of how's your father, Shula, even if it is with Baron Hardup. Poor Lillian. Everyone's a critic. Brian, the serial philanderer and father of illegitimate children, was outraged at the way Lillian was carrying on. It's disgusting, he said jealously. Then Lillian, with a hangover of apocalyptic proportions, was summoned to Deathnell Cottage by Peggy, who hit Lillian over the head with her chequebook until she promised to keep her knees together for the rest of time and died a lonely and frigid old age. Don't beat about the bush with me, Lillian, said Peggy. No, mum, that's what Justin's for, said Lillian, hiccuping into the second best china. Mr. and Mrs. De Freitas are proving to be a bit of a handful as she performed a Brazilian in the ensuite and jammed up the overflow. The <laughs> De Freitases, the De Freita, the Defra De Fre- are also using up all the bog roll in Ambridge. Just thank your lucky stars you're not at Bridge Farm, Mr. and Mrs. De Freitas. The lethal combination of recycled bog roll, a reed bed sewage system and endless leak of potato soup. And you'd have a bum hole like a grated tomato. <laughs> Harris <laughs> Munt, the world's busiest policeman, was pottering around the village trying to sort out his women's cricket team. He said Anisha was promising talent and Molly Button had fire in her belly. That's probably where Tilly Button set her leggings alight. Using the age old tactic of the enemy of my enemies, my friend, Harris Munt gave them the option of Darrington or women women, grudgingly, won. Now they're all terrified that they'll start catching periods and wearing eyeliner. FYI, Toby, Mm. if you have to ask, is this a boyfriend test, then you've already failed it. He helped Pip deliver a calf using some rope in his trousers. Then all the cows ran away from Brookfield because they were fed up with Toby talking about burgers in front of them all the time. Pip was bribing everyone she could think of to keep quiet about the fact that the whole of Ambridge was full of loose cattle, playing the games machines in the pub, swimming in the pond, breaking into the bins outside the village shop and spraying Shula as a heifer on the wall of the bull. Here's a joke for you. A horse walked into the stable, said it had a headache, and before it knew where it was, Anisha had taken his eye out. She didn't even anaesthetise it. She just got Pip to talk about social media to it, and then bingo, Cyclops. Linda has speed <laughs> gone envy. One whiff of someone in Edgley with epaulets, and she's gone all Robocop. I think we can confidently expect her to be stalking around the village with a water pistol, a pair of binoculars, the stopwatch shouting speed kills. I'm going to change my message to be like Justin so that it says I or a member of my staff will call you back as my only staff is the dog. The chance of a callback is not likely, but, you know, it sounds good. Anyway, he summoned Fagash to the dower mm-hmm. house to discuss the frankly unbelievable scenario of Miranda rogering her personal trainer. God, it's like hearing that Sue Lawley goes to Nando's. However, the upshot and outcome of it all is that Lillian is the lucky recipient of the golden ticket. Yes! The great good fortune and honour of being the life companion of a philandering pillock with a vengeful wife set to skin him to the bone is hers. Well done, Lillian. You are set to spend the rest of your life in Willy Wanker's Chocolate Factory. Good <laughs> luck. you are going to need it. The end.
4: Oh... <sighs> The thing of um, doing your personal trainer—that's ridiculously common, isn't it?
3: Yeah,
4: mm. that's
3: so unlikely. Miranda sounds like she she's never had sex ever.
4: Well, yes, but there is—I
3: mean, just just—I yeah. know it's a common situation, but I can't imagine anybody looking at Miranda and thinking, "Well, hey, I'll give that a go." You know what I mean? Kind of you wouldn't would you well because you just she looks like she's a she'd like she'd rather slap you across the back of the knees
4: well number one uh while whilst you said this the thought came into my mind that back in 2000 um i bumped into this personal trainer type type bloke who um told me on the quiet he was sleeping with vanessa feltz and he was about 10 years younger than her and oh you is ma- he
3: the guy she's now with
4: i think i yes black guy okay. um yeah. is about 10 years younger um she lost a, a shed load of weight and she was uh, married uh, with, with the kids at the time and it, it's the power loose lost
3: in that case she lost 13 stone and half a house but anyway
4: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it, it's the power though loose and power and money she had cele- celebrities he, he would he have um taken up with her in an ordinary setting, no. But here was a woman who had... She was at the top of her game then. She was, uh, yeah. you know, on TV, in the newspapers, etc., etc. And she was powerful. She led him um, financially into a life which he couldn't dream of. And don't get me wrong, you know, if they're still together after all these years, it became a love match. But it definitely didn't start off like that. Here was somebody who... Was rich and 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 wanted him, so I do understand why a personal trainer would at least start off with somebody um, like like Miranda, because it's just so incredibly new and exciting, and it's a heady cocktail of that with with cashola, you know. So yeah. hmm, so I, it does make sense for me. Blimey! Mm.
3: Well, I still don't think she sounds like she's.
4: <coughs> also, so also, you know, the person human. who the person who we are socially, professionally, isn't the person who we are necessarily romantically. No. No, I just, suppose not. Just Still saying. Not convinced, But uh, anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, so am I right then, vis-a-vis Justin and Lillian? Was are I you right? right? Was well, I right? Because I was always like, "Oh, let me." Go
3: oh yeah, it. yeah. Well, well, I don't know because I haven't heard Sundays yet. Mm. It's still. I really, really didn't like it. We ought to talk talk about this when we do the calls. Mm-hmm. I really, really didn't like it because I felt as if. It's like going. Oh, by the way, you know that you know that um, that house that you just lost out on. Because um, because the other person had more money. Well, it turns out he's, you know they've they've cleared off now, so it sounds like you can have it after all. It's kind of like she's got the runners-up prize. I know he said I chose you and everything, but he only chose her when when Miranda gave him an ultimatum.
4: Yeah, but but by all accounts, and I'm straying into Sunday territory. Um, and I think you mentioned this at one point. It seems like what Lillian, half of what Lillian was attracted to actually was the subterfuge, was the Mm. furtiveness. Um, It's not to say that she doesn't like the guy, but the very fact that he's now turned, said that you are the centre of all of my sexual attentions. um, She's not exactly jumping for joy.
5: Uh, Ah, right. Good.
4: mm, Yes, exactly. So... Complicated. This one will run and run, folks. Yeah. People
3: keep talking about Matt coming back.
4: Wouldn't that be lovely? Oh, I miss Matt. Oh, should we do Claire from Clapham? Oh, yes, please.
6: Hello, Ambridge3962.
0: If
7: something somewhere hi dumpty dum it's claire from clapham here uh it's wednesday i've just listened to wednesday's episode and uh so much i want to say firstly pip and toby um i think it's fantastic that pip has got toby out of bed at stupid o'clock in the morning to make himself useful and help her catch cows um a few more months of this, and I'm suspecting that Toby will go and find himself a girlfriend who doesn't require him to be useful at early hours of the morning uh, and gives him an easier ride. Uh, so, well done, Pip. You might drive him away with this kind of behaviour and it'll be the best move you ever made. Uh, secondly, all those cows mulling about in the road or we'll just have to leave them in the road after all of this you know, plot predictions laid down about people driving dangerously through Ambridge, i'm sure that i wasn't the only person with a heart in the mouth thinking oh my god at any time now someone's going to come careering down the bend and there'll be dead cows and some kind of major incident and the cover will be blown and people be in trouble and and all of this and then literally nothing it was all fine and a part of me was kind of disappointed what does that say about me i don't know finally oh lillian being told off by her mum what a situation i don't even know where to start First of all, Lillian's old enough, surely, to tell her mum to get out of her business. And Peggy, really, you think that people will judge you badly because Lillian's carrying on? It's not like she's always been in like faithful, monogamous relationships with people. Um, you know, I first came to the Archers around, I first knew her when she was having an affair with Matt before Matt left his wife. I don't remember Peggy ever giving a, a telling off about any of the other relationships. And as someone said on Twitter, she was delighted when Helen moved in with Rob, even though Rob would, you know, only just left his wife, and it was pretty obvious that Helen had been having an affair with him. So she, I don't know, it doesn't seem consistent to me. And why hasn't Lillian got the guts just to tell her to mind her own business? Um, you know, why does Peggy think she's got the right to invite Lillian over and have her second best china and tell her off? Goodness me. Um, you know, she's still going to be relying on Lillian to run her to the hairdressers and off to see her mates and all that. I think she's got a cheek. Anyway, so uh, that was an interesting one. I do hope that when I get into my 70s, I'm not being told off by my mum. Yeah. Good luck with everything. And um, I hope that you win lots of podcast awards. I love the show and it's great to be part of the Dumpty Dum community. So keep up the good work. Cheers. The cows in the middle of the road. Yes, it was a bit odd, that. It's kind of, I
3: couldn't quite see what the point of all that was, apart from, as Claire said, to drive him away. Um, to drive Toby away and go and get a girlfriend that doesn't require him to do physical things first thing in the morning. Not that sort of physical thing. Um, I don't, th- I know what you mean about Lily is old enough to tell her mum to get lost, but I don't think any, I think it, I think people just don't, do they? You know, you, 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 Peggy is such a force of nature and she does it to people that aren't even her family. She makes them feel bad about things mm. and does a grand d'arm act. She's like a PG Woodhouse aunt, basically. You get summoned well, you know to what, her though? and
4: then you get this dressing down. To be fair to Peggy, right, she's the matriarch of that side of the, of the archer's family. And when people are skint, they come to her. Yeah. So why shouldn't she then dole out a little bit yeah. of advice? I people can't so, have yeah. it both ways.
3: No, but it wasn't advice about I want you to be happy. It was you're making me
4: look bad. True that, right? And, yeah, I'll give you that. But still, if you're sat on high on the pile of money that she is and all the (laughs) stuff that she's been through, you know what? She can dole out advice, (laughs) wisdom, bon mots, whatever she wants, and people just have to like it and lump it as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Because when she shuffles off this mortal coil, they're all going to be the richer for it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough.
4: <laughs> I don't know whether I ever told you this, loose, right? Mm. But um, my my grandfather, my mum's mum's dad, he had a debilitating illness in the last eighteen months of his life, and um, in a typical West Indian way, he goes he goes to the hospital goes goes in hospital for I don't know about six weeks or so. And the doctors turn around to all the family and say, he's incurable. Obviously turn around to him and say, he's incurable. We need to release him um, so he can die at home. He he never acknowledges to us that he's actually dying. All my aunts never never actually say to him, we know that you're dying. It's typically West Indian way. Everybody's just pretending like everything's all kind of fine. And And my grandfather is as black as the ace of spades. His skin are just so darkened. And my grandfather was just the most amazing man in that he taught himself how to read and write, and loved the loved Swift and loved Johnson and all the just beautiful man from the inside out. Mad, mad fundamentalist Christian, mind you. But anyway, he on the day that he died, all my aunts said, um, everybody, "Everybody needs to come to the house." because he looks like he's going to die and we all turn up. He's not, not acknowledging it that we've all just turned up and that we've turned up because he's going to die. Sorry. And it was the most beautiful evening with m- myself and my cousins and my aunts. And we all trotted into the room one by one because he was in bed and he just gave out wisdom from on high like Solomon and just saw into the future. It was the most eerily beautiful uh, time. And he, you know what my grandfather told me about my future life and it was just so scary and and with just a smile on his face and then I was in London I had to drive up from London to go um, to go and see him and then he died at, and this was about ten o'clock when I got the summons into the room and it was like a proper royal ascent, it really was you know can I now speak to Royfield now and I trotted in all right granddad how you doing and he goes <laughs> sit, sit sit down grandson you're
3: right. Of course, I'm not you idiot I'm and,
4: dying. <laughs> and and he he says, "I I know you're I know you're creative, and there's things that you want to do, and whatever, and you're you're not going to be around, and blah blah blah." This was like fifteen, sixteen years ago, oh. loose. Like he's he just so saw into the future. Did
3: he and, say you were going to do a podcast about the Archers, which he will said exactly, mentioned Maps
4: ex- exactly. Wow. He died three hours later. Oh. Just just amazing. So I don't know, right? I just think, listen to Peggy. I, uh, is she perfect? No. But she's seen a lot. And it's kind of absolutely ruthlessly in character for her. For, you know, for, for, for Peggy Archer. in Peggy Woolley, yeah. sorry. In terms of, she would do this. And actually, there is loads of... I was going to say moral am- ambiguity. There are many people who will take an absolute hard line against infidelity and you know and I know I'm woolly on this at best and it and we all have messy lives and what you've got to do is try not to hurt others and it's unavoidable to be an adult and to be in an emotional relationship with somebody without hurting them and it's just hard and it's a bit messy and I don't know and that's all I'm saying (laughs) do
3: you know what's what's made me very happy
4: though what's that
3: the idea of Peggy Woolley finding out that you've just compared her to your black grandfather
4: (laughs) (laughs) and I tell you I got a beautiful I got given two of his old suits which I know I have mentioned before in in, in a dum-de-dum but anyway yeah but that's, that's that's the reason why we have our elders you know who have seen a little bit of life, and sometimes it's uncomfortable, and sometimes their opinions will be old-fashioned and old, and outmoded, and won't you know. But sometimes they'll be spot on, and they'll be spot on more times than than they won't. Oh, anyway, I'm going to shut up now because we need to be pretty quick <laughs> with this show because we've got because we, you're interviewing somebody pretty important. Who's next? Uh,
3: next, we
1: have
6: uh, Julie from Pickering. Hello Royfield and Lucy, it's Julie from Pickering here. Phew, I am so glad I listened to last night's episode of The Archers. Now I know what I need to use my second best china for. Been wondering for years now, what do I use my second best for? Of course, my first best china is for royalty and the Queen visiting. So, second best, I'll polish it up at the ready in case anyone I know is having an affair. Meanwhile, I'm just off to polish up the third best for the conversation this evening with my husband about him leaving the toilet seat up. Toodles.
3: I agree. I have got no idea. I don't have best china, second best china or third best china (laughs) or even plastic. I have plates that I use and when they're dirty, I wash them up and I put them back and then I use them again the next day. I do not understand the point the the most people I ever the most I'm ever likely to have in my house probably is about 20 people. If I have more than that, I would buy more plates. I would I would rent more plates or whatever, you know, get them from Waitrose or wherever they do them. There is no need to have all this stuff everywhere. Stuff, 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 stuff. But anyway, um, yes, Peggy and her second best china. I did like that retort. And Lillian recognising it for the dressing down that it was going to be. Oh, you've got the, you know, ooh, got the second mm. best. You've got the best china. Second best. And Julie, your cat is a bit of a star. Have we upset it in some way? Is it not keen on either the Archers or us? But it seemed to be um, extremely unhappy. Um, Glenn full of love now.
4: He's my man of the week, that gentleman. Hello, Dumpty Dum.
8: It's Glenn here calling in on Thursday evening uh, after the episode with the cricket EGM. some listeners may remember that a couple of weeks ago I said that a merger with Darrington might find its way into the cricket story, and indeed the script writers found a way of getting darrington into the uh, into the storyline and We now know that will Grundy um would rather bat for darrington than play with women well, that's enough said on that subject um other things happening in Ambridge which are causing me to um to think a bit. Will will Helen tell Tom that Kirsty's had a bit of a meltdown, uh, in which case he will be heading back to Ambridge faster than, you can say, the girl from Ipanema? And it's all gone very quiet on the Brighton front. Um, I think it's about time we had a, a bit more or a proper resolution to that storyline. Anyway, that's enough for this week, so... Thank you very much to all the Dumpty Dum team and uh, keep uh, re- keep recording and keep producing this wonderful podcast. Thank you very much.
3: I hope that Helen does not tell Tom about uh, Kirsty because Kirsty isn't acting oddly. She isn't acting out of character. She isn't certainly isn't out, acting out of character for a woman who's had a miscarriage. She's acting exactly as you would do. So there's no need for Helen to go sticking her oar in and ringing people and interfering because we don't want Tom to come back. So don't even think it. Otherwise, (laughs) bugger will. Um, I know, Brighton has gone very quiet. This is uh, both annoying and disturbing. Um, I don't... I kind of get... It's almost like there's a lot of storylines at the moment that of like... Started and then stalled. It's quite weird. It's like, sorry, William's trying to sneak in to get some. I, I can You're hear gonna you. need more than that. You're going to need more than that, love. There you go. It's it's big homework. You're going to need more than that. That's it. Um. Uh. uh yeah. It's like a lot of storylines have kind of started, been left idling, as car, you know, like engines, and have now stalled of their own volition. Um. It's and that this the Brighton thing seems to have done that. I mean, I do hope. it Does it go somewhere? Who knows? Who cares? But it would be quite annoying to have all this Grange Hill palaver about people on heroin, and then it just bloody packs up. Anyway. <sighs>
5: Claire Howard. Hello, Lucy Royfield. and um, This is Claire from Hertfordshire. Um, I, was, I haven't rang in for a while, but I thought I'd ring in and just have a discussion around Lillian. Um I've been having a discussion with myself over the last few weeks. Um I've always been team Lillian. I love Lillian. I think she's brilliant, but um when she started with Justin I became concerned really early on that she would get hurt. Um and that was my main concern. And then um recently when they almost were caught at the Dower House um by uh, Justin's wife Miranda um I've, what I found really difficult to hear was Lillian laughing about it so much as she was putting her fur coat and wellies on and going out into the garden. Um, I thought her amusement at almost being caught and hurting another human being so much, as I'm sure it would have hurt Miranda, even if she is a horrible person, um, I just thought that was a bit distasteful. and uh, But, you know... Um, other than that, you know, today I've just listened to the Omnibus and uh, I was quite happy to hear Justin's left Miranda in favour of Lillian. I thought it'd be far more complicated than that because I thought all of his finances would be caught up uh, with his wife. Uh, a bit like uh, soon-to-be ex-Sir Philip Green. Um So I didn't think he would leave Miranda. And if he has, then I'm, you know, I really hope they're going to be happy and uh, it will be, you know, perhaps not so dramatic in future. Anyway, that was it. Just wanted to talk about Lillian, really. Um, Thanks very much for the podcast. Still really enjoy listening and take care. Bye.
3: Relieved about Lillian. I am not sure. I am not relieved about Lillian, but... If what you say is well, I'm sure it's correct, Royfield, but um as you said, it's not sounding as if he, she's exactly leaping up and down with delight at the prospect of uh, of of life as uh the um the Chatelaine of the Dower House again. Um then hopefully uh, she will kind of be a bit more sensible this time. Separate bank accounts, not roping him into her business um remembering that the house is hers uh asking him for she's not gonna charge him rent but you know not getting so carried away maybe um yeah i don't i'm not you know it's not there's still an awful lot to be cagey about in between the general jubilation i mean i do love lily and i do want her to be happy um uh, but you know I'm not sure whether I think she yeah I, oh dear I don't know I don't know I don't know um,
4: there is I something I don't think you he did it yeah there is something deliciously and this is going to sound a little bit uh, pretentious but it's actually spot on the money there is something deliciously post-feminist about Lillian which is a reason why people love her uh, people being uh, the listeners and kind of allow her this uh the you know the moral ambiguity the messiness of actually what she's doing and somebody had to explain to me over the weekend what what post-feminism actually means in that she is a woman who is seen as being somewhat um, independent and strong but is not afraid to show her vulnerability but actually will use unconventional not feminist means actually to get what she wants so in 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 one on the one hand it feels decidedly kind of old fashioned and she is croquettish around men and and, and whatever but mm. actually uh she holds and wields much more power and is actually aware of it and it's that kind of mixture of um you yeah. know you know kind of feminism and you know kind of pre-feminist kind of wo- womanly wilds yeah uh, but so she didn't do that
3: so well with um, with uh um,
4: Matt. with with Paul
3: did she? Matt's brother.
4: No, no, no. true, true. She was rapidly heading
3: into a Helen situation. Uh, yes. So now it's Andrew Horn.
7: <laughs> Greetings,
9: Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. <clears throat> well, Uncle Kerry, you've been very naughty this week playing with us. Um, we know there's going to be. A car crash, someone hurt, and every time now roads and cars are mentioned, I'm thinking, is it it? Is it now this episode? So first of all, we had Kirsty um, getting all wound up and then heading for her car, and thankfully dropping her keys and being found by Helen because I thought that's just not what Kirsty needs now to be the cause of a fatality or or involved in a crash. And then we had cows on the road, and um, Pip and Toby and. Then they were off, they were all done we thought, oh, that's all over And then another lot of cows on the road So, um, yes, naughty Uncle Kerry Could have done without that um, That's all, really, this week um, Speak to you soon,
3: bye I know They keep banging on about this car crash We had cows in the middle of the road I thought, like Claire did It's going to be cow-nage, carnage Cars, cows everywhere Barbecue beef Not a sausage. Uh, Nobody got hurt, and now she's stalking uh, harassment to try and get uh, Linda. I mean, stalking harassment to try and get um, some uh, some sort of traffic calming thing, and God knows what. I'm still worried about that railway. James Jeffries told me off and said, and as as our sponsor, I should pay slightly more attention to what he says. Mm. Um, But he said railway because he loves a bit of train, and he said. Railway would be brilliant. We must have that. We must have that. But I am very dubious about it, um, that they're going to revisit this flipping, blooming steam engine line or whatever it is. Um, But yes, they cannot keep talking about these vehicles and the speeding and all that without there actually being a thing. There has to be a thing.
4: Well, it's so obviously been signposted that you'd think um, maybe there's some level of willful misdirection going on here. Um, ah. because they have you know they do have form for leading us standard a garden path <laughs> these the, the script writers um but it 's so being done with such a heavy hand that i can't you know it'd be interesting to see where this goes yeah. because um kind of what you want is just somebody just to get run over don't you and and and, the, <laughs> and the, no i've
3: got a list of people i'd like but to but you
4: want what you want is the visceral shock of that because, you know, because it kind of comes out of nowhere. Just like the car would hit that person yeah. out of nowhere, it'd hit yeah. us as the listener out of nowhere. Yeah, well, But that's
3: what happened with um, Mark Hebden, wasn't it?
4: E- exactly. Whereas this, yeah. they're saying, you know, this has been going on for a couple, a couple of weeks now. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I. And we if... even had
3: a near miss with Lily, didn't we? Mm. And Linda, when she nearly drove her off the road. Ran her off the road, I mean. Yes.
4: Yeah. Exactly so yeah and poor Lily was visibly shaken afterwards wasn't she let alone let alone Linda (laughs) so (laughs) so I don't know I I don't know uh
3: Goddess Eva now
6: hello Dumpty Dum it's Goddess Eva for the third time um being interrupted by young people with their their music and their kazoos and, and their joie de vivre and their being young and shit um, so, <laughs> one is now, I, I, I kid you not, sneaking off, and the other one is threatening to play the kazoo, welcome to life, welcome to my life. Um, okay, so, the other one is now singing into a hairbrush, Tiara and Noah, I love you both, but shut up. Um, so, I'm not even talking about um, the cricket team this week, because boring, 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 like... I've seen and heard misogyny before, can't be honest. What I did want to talk about was Kirsty and how my heart broke for her and how Kerry, our wonderful Kerry Davis, has done this so well. When I finally cried after losing my two, um, it was because there was no batter mix. Actually, there was batter mix in the co op, but they'd moved it. And don't even judge me for not making my own Yorkshire pudding, okay? Because I I just had two miscarriages, so sharp. The thing I really wanted to talk about, though, was. Lillian and Justin, yes. at last Lillian and Justin, I've always said I will be team them as long as they um, Justin treated her well, I would have no beef with him, so the beef is completely gone again, because he, he actually put his money where his mouth is and chose the right woman, and you know what, for anybody like Peggy, who's going to go, oh, she was wrong, oh, it's morally wrong, you know what, anybody who's at the all dumpty dum meetup will know about the anarchist well I have to I'm going to admit right now that he stole me right back so whatevs Pete love is good being miserable is not and you can take your sense of moral outrage and stick it where the sun don't shine right I am off to go and have a Witherspoons breakfast because having dressed up the Storm at the weekend and been very hungover yesterday and still gone football I feel I deserve it love you all and I'll speak to you later Goddess Diva out
3: Goddess Diva is all happy because Lillian is all happy and Goddess Diva is happy for the same reasons that Lillian is happy so Lillian (laughs) and
4: Goddess Diva are
3: happy that's the end of the call (laughs) (laughs) But having, having I have just this second. Right. She's just
4: speaking. taken up with a rich businessman who's based in London but is travelling up to Cardiff.
3: Yeah, um she, uh, having just finished an interview with Sonny Ormond, who mm. plays the great Lillian Bellamy, um which we will play at the end of the show, uh she was a little there was a little I don't know, she's kind of a little bit She's not completely convinced that Lillian would be happy uh, with, with um, Justin. With, with, with Justin as a married lady, I don't think. But she said she just wanted her to be happy. But anyway, we will see. But at the very least, we're glad you're happy, Goddess Diva. Mm. And there's also Witherspoon.
10: Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs.
11: Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Yokelbear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. As I was preparing porridge this morning, I asked Handsome Husband how he wanted it, knowing the answer, of course, and he replied, Salt and milk. I'm a traditionalist. I was also reminded of when the two of us go out without Angus, and the little one scurries under the sofa, and we have to drag him out from undercover and into the light of day. These two disparate thoughts connect to the great women in Ambridge Cricket debate. Come on, boys, how silly can you be? And I'm especially talking to you, Will Grundy. You've let me down, as I have always supported you in your biblical feud with your brother. Yes, Lucy has had greater insight into your views than I have. And I don't think that Nick would be very happy with you as well. Script writers, you've dusted Will off just so he can be an asshole. Sigh. Kudos to Harrison for dragging the team into the modern era, even if it took a bit of subterfuge to do so. Sometimes that's what it takes, as well as persistence, to achieve social progress. The counter-argument of, well, there's no girl that's good enough to play, of course rang hollow. What difference does that make in giving them the opportunity to demonstrate that they can make the team? I'm sure this summer, Will and the other men will be cheering on Pip and Anisha when they're batting or bowling stars in Ambridge's win against Arrington. Looks like it's a long time until the hazy, crazy days of summer here, as we'll be digging out from a good bit of snow by the time you listen to this. Talk to you soon.
3: We talked, about, we talked before about the importance of uh, the radio and the arches to people who are uh, partially sighted and... Um and blind we had amy gilbert who uh-huh. uh, eats last week and we said that we would have uh, the actor that plays Jazzer, hopefully on the show at some point um and we've had an email from sue hanrahan who said i absolutely love your walkie-talkie podcasts especially as i'm currently enjoying life with my eighth guide dog jesse who is six years old and a golden retriever oh sorry you... i should
4: I... wait a minute you're reading this out on the right podcast
3: yeah i know i've just realized that no but then she goes on to talk about dumpty dum so oh, i'll take okay. that bit out
4: no, it's all right.
3: <laughs> Are you sure? Sorry. Sorry, sorry,
4: sorry.
3: I, oh, dear. I also love Dumpty Dum and The Archers, which I have listened to for years. Mm. I work full time, have two grown-up children and two grandchildren. I can first remember listening to The Archers when James Bellamy was being born, mm. which is going back a bit. Um, I keep in touch with many of the people I was at school with and The Archers is a frequent topic of conversation between us when we contact each other. The Helen and Rob story was frustrating but gripping. I would love to hear Jazza on Dumpty Dum. And I think the person who plays him is amazing. I'm so glad I've got my computer because it means I can keep up to date with all the podcasts, which I wouldn't be without. I love Dumpty Dum. Please keep it going. Sue Hanrahan. We will, Sue. We will. And I love the fact that you use the archers. It's a really good way of if you if you haven't seen anybody for a while or you've kind of got like an old school friend or whatever. You kind of you don't have enough day to day contact to just sort of catch up and say. So how how was that thing you were doing last week? If you haven't maybe heard from them for a couple of months, to use the arch as a kind of a conversation conduit, I really like that.
4: Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had, um, there's my old um, junior school, primary school, infant school even, in in Brum Greenhome School. Um, there's a little Facebook group um, set up for the years nineteen seventy three to nineteen eighty, when when I was there, and that boy on it that you were horrible to, oh gosh, actually there is a picture of Steve, Stephen Tommy. Um, but what somebody from uh, from Green Home uh, sent me a lovely message the other day saying, "I listened to Dum. Oh yeah, I was like properly properly, you know, uh, thrown for six. That- and she says, "But I'm just too scared to to become a caller her. Oh
3: no! Whoever yeah. you are, call in. Yeah, please. How can I ask you intrusive questions about Royfield's childhood unless you call in? <laughs> I will interview you specially.
4: Please, 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 call in because that that's just like too lovely, too lovely by half. But anyway, there's a there's a little picture of um, me on there with me and my mum because ev- what people are doing are posting all their old, you know old school pictures. Yeah. And I don't have any of my school pictures because I lost my uh, my album, my photo album, in all, all the moves that I did in the early 2000s oh, and stuff. Wow. But I just there's one little picture of me, me and my mum in my little short trousers and slip-on shoes. Oh, just...
3: put it on Twitter.
4: All right, then I'll, I'll put it on Twitter. But, but I tell you what, my mum's proper gorge. Proper is gorgeous, she? my mum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, is that emails done? It is. Alright, email's done. Now it's time uh for us to have a brief little break. Uh camp coffee for me. Uh Lucy will probably be on the gin and uh you can listen to a trail for Walkie Talkie, which is rather good this week. Can can I can I big up walkie talkie? I do it every week, but can I big it up
2: Yes, yes, yes. Lucy's
4: talking to a gangster <laughs> But he's got a heart of gold, even though he's a bit of a wrong <laughs> <laughs> It's very, very, very good. Oh, and then this week I spoke to um, Hardipson on my thingy, where.
12: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
1: jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. com.
4: um he talked about finding love in this new modern digital age oh. he says, says, says it's a bit hard it's a bit hard yeah in an uncertain world there is always music which can be listened to in good company welcome to friday Fifteen, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both
3: i mean i was eight years old interesting the same age as the uh, dragon king's daughter when she comes out of the sea but um, well, what was happening to me when i was eight years old was that i was at the hands of a pedophile in um, in a classroom for a year and Awesome, yeah, um, for me,
13: I, well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to, to win in the end is that, for me, it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together.
4: Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday 15, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice.
3: Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years, And I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, If your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going, can I come with you? And you just sort of ramble along. And you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult, then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit. We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says, oh, I can never have another one and then in a couple of months time they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them and um we've seen people's marriages break down new romances start it's a lovely way to start your morning it never fails to give me something something nice to think about something interesting to think about even if it's not nice and having a dog is a sort of a a universality really the people aren't all like me as i hope you'll realise over the course of the series.
11: Leading up to the 1860 election, in walks a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln, who is the Republican candidate. The Republicans to the South re- represent the ending of slavery. And Lincoln, despite the fact that his sentiment was always in the beginning to preserve the Union rather than to abolish slavery, becomes the lightning rod of anti Southern sentiment. And he ends up winning the election in 1860 with no support from the South.
10: The Guardian, Manchester, Tuesday, November 20th, 1860. Summary of news, Foreign. The details, respecting the presidential election furnished by the New York journalist, not complete, but they not only assure us of Mr. Lincoln's election, but show that the Republican Party has obtained far more than the requisite number of votes for his return. It is calculated that New York, Pennsylvania, the New England states, New Jersey, and the Northwestern states give him 171 electoral votes, or 19 more than the majority required for the election, the total number of electoral votes being 303. It is not improbable, too, that this majority may be further swelled by the result of the elections in the Pacific states of Oregon and California. We have no account of the manner in which the Southerners have received the intelligence of Mr. Lincoln's election. The next advices will no doubt be filled with fierce Southern declamations and protest, but it is not very likely that any Southern states will do anything mere than talk loudly about secession.
12: Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today, and subscribe to us on iTunes. From Washington to Obama. 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown.
9: Hello, dumb to dumb. Tis Colbert here. Um, I've got a bit of a croaky voice and a sore throat, so let's see if my voice lasts until the end of this social media roundup. I'm um, going to start with the uh, forum this week. Uh, Landless Gentry has posted an enormous post about everything looks as though landless gentry has done a massive catch-up of listening to dumpty dum and has posted their thoughts about just about everything that's happened recently so get yourself over there have a look at it opinions are plenty to be commented on uh, also on the forum and i think it's worth mentioning now podcast awards yes please this there's, there's links on the forum and on the facebook page um please get voting what's it they, they used to say Vote early, vote often. Um, yeah, so what else has been going on? Um, we spoke a lot about Kirsty on the Facebook page this week. Um, Karen Valerie Hodgson has definite views on the whole Kirsty thing and posted quite a long post um, about how she feels that this is yet another instance of the scriptwriters changing a person's character to fit the storyline. We saw this throughout the Rob and Helen plot line characters being changed pat for example and she feels that this is kind of happened a little bit with kirsty um over the last couple of weeks um and it's pointed out that uh, the Archer should be character driven and not plot driven um karen cunningham said though in a way it's good that they've kind of bought the kirsty going into a bit of a collapse um you know, it's happened early. As uh, Karen said, another episode of Shiny Happy Kirsty trying to remember the way to a nightclub would have been too much to bear. Um Fiona's um Siobhan Powell um also commented about that Kirsty is going through the six stages of grief, denial, anger, etc. Um but her only complaint is that not everyone goes through the um the stages as written. Um you know, that sometimes it's a bit mixed up. Um, and also as well, uh, Sue Gedge is saying that, well, you know, maybe Kirsty was a bit rude to Roy, but maybe he needs to face a few home truths. Um, but she thinks that it's heading for a Kirsty Roy clinch. Well, maybe, but I don't know. I think maybe Jazza might be in the offing now. Because, um, you know, he came around with the DVDs. I mean, who can resist Tango and Cash as, as you know, whatever. But maybe that's just me. Um, also, our own Millie Bell pointed out um, the person who was phoning up about the um, the accommodation to Eddie, Harriet Vane, a lovely little nod um, to Dorothy L. Sayers, Lord Peter Whimsey. So, hat tip there to Kerry davis please more of this um lord kerry that would be lovely um also as well um we've been talking about lillian and justin because it's been the big story of the week really isn't it barb danielson says yes please can this be over let it be over so that we don't have to listen to justin's unsexy winnie the pooh voice anymore Hmm. Thank you, Barb. I think you've just ruined Winnie the Pooh for me. Um, Ruth Halliwell says she'd like Lillian to claw back some control. Um, And basically, kind of, you know, it's time for um, Lillian to have a say and for Miranda to... to, It's Miranda's turn to listen. Um, Nancy Dickey is holding out for Return of Tiger. She says, My hope is that they get it on again, only to be discovered in flagrante in the dower house by Tiger, freshly returned from Costa Rica or wherever he's been. Sarah Ping thinks that um, Justin's a bit of a caricature, a fierce businessman who meekly obeys the wife and plays away like a naughty schoolboy. Well, you know, by the end of the week, though, it kind of resolved itself, haven't we? Um, The one comment really made me laugh, which was um, Gordon Jackson said the image in the head of what Jenny, Jenny must have seen when she walked in on them. I'm glad this is done on the radio and not on a TV show. I don't know, Gordon. I think sometimes my imagination is worse than anything that can be shown on television. So I'm not sure that works for me. One last thing is that on the forum, Candida Beeching has posted about a dumpty-do, a meet-up, maybe somewhere around Plymouth, but on April Fool's Day. Yeah, what a day to meet-up. I may come down for that. Anyway, that's me with the social media roundup for this week. Cheerio!
4: Thank you for that, Yokel Bear. Um, as always, an, a proper roundup of all things uh, on the social medias uh, vis-a-vis. dum de uh, Lucy, can we have some hashtag the Archer's Tweets of the Week, please?
3: <laughs> yes. Um, Dawn Oliver said, I can't help feeling that Brian's position on the relationship moral high ground is a trifle shaky. <laughs> yes, I thought that. <laughs> she be <was> sold, honestly. <sighs> um, Then we had uh, Joni M who said, Miranda, the one horse of the apocalypse. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray Smythe, who said, Don't give Anisha a cricket bat, she'll have someone's eye out. Very good. Lo- this is just oh, very that sweet, is good. this one. I
4: uh, that, that, that just worked uh, that me. one out. Yes,
3: yes. It's, it all got a bit Peter Schaefer, didn't it? Um, Laurie Inglis Hall, who said, I hope I never forget that my three-year-old son calls the archers the marchers and marches (laughs) up and down whenever he hears the theme tune! That is so cute! And Tweet of the Week is from Shyama Pereira My heart broke Uh, Mother calls after the archers Have you ever thought of becoming social secretary to a rich man? (laughs) (laughs) On behalf of women everywhere, Shyama I'm sorry
5: <laughs>
4: very right. very very good. You know what Lucy, I feel I just need to uh rattle through this end bit really quite quickly because nobody really wants to hear this this week. Well they probably never want to hear the end bit anyway. Because we've got um Sunny, we've got Lillian to come, yeah. haven't we? So I'm going to yep. do this at breakneck speed. Dumdum.com, go there we've got a shop you can buy stuff it's awesome tractor pin yourself to the map it's awesome you can meet other people who live close by who like dumbydum and more importantly the archers now if you'd like to help keep our little show on the road there are a couple of ways this can be done you can donate by hitting the donate button on our website or you can join us on patreon.com and next week we'll run through the new patreons that we have this show only works with you, folks. It works with you by not only listening, but also by writing us an iTunes review. We've had a few lovely ones recently, and in a future show, I will mention those. The other way this work this show works is by you contacting us. You can contact us via SpeakPipe on our website. I think I mentioned that before. It's called com. If your website doesn't, if your internet doesn't work, it's up to fritz. And if you're at work and you just can't be seen to be surfing for fun, you can call us on zero two zero three. Zero three one three one zero five to leave us a telephonic message. And just pretending it's speaking to a very important client. On social media, <laughs> Twitter, you can find us where we're at. Dumbly me. I'm at Royfield. Harriet is at Sambridges, and I am not concentrating. And at Lucy V Freeman on the Book of Face, you can join the Millie Bell and yokel Bear show. Oh, and also you can join uh, Walkie Talkie because Lucy sneaked sneaked onto Facebook now haven't you you little sneaky person you
3: I oh, know that's Millie Bell she's doing oh. it for me I didn't ask her. she offered she's so lovely
4: she so loves you you know she she'd never I so love
3: her it's, well she's she, she, a love love all, relationship all I'm
4: saying is she didn't offer to do any <laughs> of my podcasts for me
3: apart from Dumpty dum
4: is is, is is it is it cuz I is black <laughs> racism i call racism <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, <victim status>.
4: <laughs> now we get to the heart of the matter uh, the meat on our plate which is our interview with sunny aka lillian bellamy
3: <coughs> royfield on the podcast has just described lillian yes as post-feminist oh post-feminist which someone had explained the term to him the day before so he was very excited about it and decided that that's what Lillian was but we were just saying that the, the the little the scenes with you and Paul yes she was almost heading into Robin Helen territory there wasn't she there was a slight bit of his dominating her him her being frightened of him and that sort of thing
13: yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was a little bit of that actually. I, I suppose there was. I always found that such a fascinating story, really, because folk often used to say right at the beginning, you know, what was it about the character of Paul that? you know made her fall in love with him and so on and so forth and I I always used to feel certainly in the early days of course because it was radio um that actually both Paul and uh Tiger uh or Matt looked very very much alike and so right. it was her it was the good side and the bad yeah, side yeah yeah with with, with Matt, you know, he was not cold, but he was quite, quite difficult to, to get a hold of in many ways. Whereas Paul, certainly in the initial stages, was very loving. And that was why she was attracted to him, because it was oh. what she wanted from Matt. But actually, she found in Paul. And that was the great thing about radio, of course. they As actors, they look very different. But, <laughs> um, uh, you know, that, that was the thing that, that worked for me um, as an actress playing Lillian, um, because of course she'd had this long relationship with Matt and, and so what was it about this character of Paul that pulled her away in that direction? And it was just the fact that he could engage with his feelings in a way that Matt couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But
3: yes, we went into slightly different territory, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, yeah. So was, we've had well Lillian's had some exciting news this week. Oh, I know. No no no, she's not pregnant. No no no, no <laughs> Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That would be ace.
13: million IVF. Bloody
3: hell fire.
13: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I know. I mean, yes, not be down with the feather. Um, There she was fully expecting, you know, that that was the big heave-ho and that was the end of a relationship with Justin. And then,
3: Wow. Um, I still don't you know, think it caused it as much. Hard. It's it it still didn't cause as much comment as 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 uh, as the bit the scene with Peggy where Peggy decided that you were only worth your second the second best china, not the best <laughs> china. It was it was a category two telling off, not a category one, because then you get the best china if it's category one. God help you if she gets the silver teapot out; it's all we know, over. We know we're really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um. So because when I went to see your one woman show. Which I thought was Ace, and I would advise anybody else uh, in the country to go and see it because it's touring. Where are you, Stratford on Avon? Yeah, well, well. Th- th- in fact, the
13: one that you saw uh, is my first one on my show. Um, and, and in fact, I'm in Colchester this weekend with that particular one at the Arts Centre in Colchester. Uh-huh. But this second show, which is the one that I was talking about before, is called uh, Dorothy, the uh, airings of an archer's actor's aunt. Um, and that's playing at the Bear Pit in Stratford-upon-Avon on the 23rd and 24th uh-huh. of We were actually, we we sold out for the 24th, but if anybody is in the area, uh, we still have tickets for the 23rd and it's the Bear Pit in stratford upon Avon. And If you go into the Bear Pit site, they'll give you all the details. You can actually buy tickets through the Royal Shakespeare Theatre. That's where they're selling the tickets, but you can also get them online. But it's a great show. It's written by Jane James. It's very funny. She's she's, uh, completely different from Lillian, so different from Lillian. Um, She's a a Northern lady who runs her broadcasting um, uh, channel uh, from, the old folks home in which she resides and she's a cross between margaret thatcher and pat routledge as Mrs. <laughs> she's a wonderful character because
3: you do a really good patricia routledge don't you but I don't
13: know. I try. <laughs> I don't know. Love. I do try. But she, she We've had great reviews for it. So if anyone is in the area, you know, do, do come, do come and, and see that one. But no, the one that you saw is the yeah. one I'm I'm a Colchester with. That was my very first one, which I started about five years ago. Which, which is much more about the arches and, and yeah. Lillian, amongst other things, of
3: course. But yeah, because you asked the audience there, yeah. would you like Lillian to marry? Justin and we all dutifully went no there was this huge kind of roar of disapproval yes so so do you I know that you know but if you were giving advice if you as the actress were giving advice to Lillian should she marry him well
13: if I was giving yes advice as as a punter standing outside I would say yeah he's a catch you know i mean he's lovely he's loving well he's, he's a catch
3: now not after miranda's ripped him off for everything she could get her hands on That's well you so see this furious. is the problem is not it? yes we
13: this is what we have to be careful of uh but um he's obviously very loving and i mean he's a pretty wealthy guy so hopefully you know there'll still be a, a few coppers left by the time she's <laughs> shreds and so on, so on um but i think but whether she will or not i i i really i i, I don't know because she's still in shock i suspect Yes, about all this, you know, thinking that you know her, her days were numbered in terms of having a permanent relationship. See,
3: I hated that. I hated the way that he could. Call... First of all, she'd been called to her mother's office, like she's the headmistress, and then she got called to Daddy's office as well. You know, and you sort of think, why well, should she tell him to stick it? If they, why can't they come to her? Why is everybody ringing her up and saying, "Be here then," and "Be here," you know? know. And that very or Be there be square. Yeah. yeah, that's not I very know. post-feminist, is it?
13: No, it's not really. It's not really. But I think she just thought that the, the you know, the writing was on the wall and, and as as she said in the in the telephone call, well at least you know he's wanting to tell me to my face, really. Yeah. You know, that it's all over. So um and she knew, I guess, you know, to a certain extent she, she was in the wrong. She was having an affair with a married man, so mm. um there was a little bit of that. But but anyway, it was all very
3: happy and all lovely and, and great fun <laughs> and, and Lillian will now be richer than Jenny. Well, isn't that marvellous? Which <laughs> will drive her berserk. It
13: will. So ah! that maybe maybe dear Lillian can have this fantastic kitchen just yes, yes. like her sister's got a fantastic I bet she kitchen. She can have the upgraded Albion. Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: dear. So what what did cause I know that you when you went for the interview for Lillian, mm-hmm. you you were you practiced the laugh in the bath and everything, and you didn't think that you were going to get it. No. So what did you think about the character? Did you how did you approach getting to grips with her? Well, um
13: it was an interesting uh interesting journey, really, because as with all these things, often, you know, the producers have an idea, they have an outline of what they want. So, you know, I I knew that she was a a, a gin swigging cigarette-smoking, man-hunting gal. Mm. I mean, that was my main uh, brief. But I realized that in order to make her have a life, a really living three-dimensional character, you know, there had to be much more to her than that. So it was really a combination of of me producers and script writers and i think in a way it's like a chicken or egg situation the, the producers are, are, and the script writers are waiting to see what you're going to do and then you're waiting to see what the writers are going to give you and how the character's going to develop but i did work quite hard at the beginning to try and find as i say a, a three more a more three dimensional um, uh, 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 aspect to her because you know, n- nobody is that extreme uh, mm. a, a character. They're usually reasons why people behave in that way. And I needed to find um, that out. So sometimes with scripts, I tried to mm, n- not manipulate scripts, but I, I tried to show maybe a, 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 a more uh, vulnerable side to her. Sometimes in scripts, you know, you, 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 get a, you get a script and sometimes there are different ways that you can play it. And I tended to try and go for the more vulnerable sides at certain points when I knew that... I was going to be playing against a more extravagant um, aspect of of Lillian so that we started to get a more rounded, more rounded character. And to try and find her as a character, I had to sort of look at the fact that, you know, she liked the gin and her father actually was an alcoholic Mm. and, that she actually was quite vulnerable as a human being, and I still think that she is. I think Lillian is a little girl, in a way, inside, and that's why she acts so outrageously often. She's very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. She's insecure. Um, and, of course, as she gets older, she gets more insecure because, of course, you know, the yeah. looks, so on and so forth. Um, but, um, and I was given some lovely storylines, you know, to be able to show, hopefully, the listener lots of different sides of the character and... and um, you know that that was great, and then it was wonderful when she was paired with with Matt, uh, yeah. with Tara, and I think you know Vanessa Whitman at the time saw the possibility of these two voices because I mean that's in radio what you've got these yes. two voices working together, which 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 they did, and we had some great storylines actually. Kim and I, who, who plays, you know, and it was a very volatile relationship. That's what I loved about that one. You know, it's quite sparky. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you weren't Pat and Tony, were you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. And, it, you know, we had, some, we had some real good fun with it all. And then we had the, all the emotional storyline, you know, when he went to prison and all that. And we had some really great scenes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, she, you know, I've, I've been playing it now since 2000. So it's 17 years and I can't quite believe, you know, how long, how it's gone so quickly. The time's gone so quickly. Really? Oh, really? Oh, really, really quickly, really quickly. But what's the, the the glory of being in something like The Archers is that, you know, you're very rarely as an actor with a character for as long as we are in, in soaps, yes. whether it's TV or radio. So you get a chance to really get to know them and to really get inside them. And she she really is my alter ego. And, um, you know, and and if, if one was in a situation where people are asking me maybe as Lillian um, uh, about things, I know that I couldn't. I can ask or respond very easily as Lillian. Now she's so far into me, into my psyche that there's there's no sort of uh, no difficulty
3: with that, really. Because you said in the stage show, you said that once Lillian was asked, it said, "Pass me my slippers," and you said, "Oh no, that's wrong." Yeah. Wear slippers? No, she'd and, wear and mules. She'd wear mules, you know, with little, little sort of
13: fluffy bits on the front. Yes, um, and you no, know, she wouldn't be seen dead in slippers. But that's the glory of of getting to know your character really well. And obviously, we have a, a lot of of, of writers, uh, lovely writers, who who come in and write for us in the archers But the, you know, inevitably, we have new writers coming in who know less about certain characters than others. I mean, it's it's a huge vehicle that they have to get their heads around. Um, and, and this was one particular um, experience was quite a new writer, and uh, it, it was a domestic. Scene between Lillian and Matt, and um, you know the, the oh, there right. was this line. I'm going to put me, me slippers on, you know, and she wouldn't wear slippers. But 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 the writers are very good about that. The producers are very good about that because they understand that you get to know your character really well. Also, you know, and and, and often go with it. Um, and that's how the darling came to be. Really, uh, you know, often she said, "Oh, darling," and that was a combination really of of writers and me. Um yeah. Suddenly, that became a little bit of a catchphrase. Like the laugh is, is you know, <laughs> is, is is her sort of signature tune in a way, isn't it? Um, because on radio, we 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 only have the voice to um, create this three dimensional character. And if if you happen to be playing a rather flamboyant character, um, it can be quite tricky because you need to find little techniques or tricks to suggest to the listener the flamboyance, the fact that somebody is quite extravagant, maybe in the way they dress and so on and so forth, Uh, which is why if the listener listens very hard, often, particularly in external scenes, you'll hear a clip-clop sound accompanying me because I've got my stilettos on. I have my cloppies in the studio because, you know, she probably would ever be seen dead unless she was riding the horse without her stilettos so it, it goes in at a subliminal level in a way for the listener but um it, you know it's little tricks um like that um that that, that one can bring in and and also with me with the voice i needed to try and find a voice that suggested a kind of Jimmy cigarette quality so i tend to use a uh it more like that, that sort of you know on the break of my voice which kind of suggests a voice that's quite lived in probably. yes
3: Lived in. That's a very nice, Yeah, lived in voice, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, which, which bits of you are like
13: Lillian? Oh, gosh, that's a good one, isn't it? Uh, which bit of me are like Lillian? Well, you know, I like people. Um, I like a good time. I don't like gin, which, of oh, really? course, <laughs> her drink is her tipple. G&T, darlings, is her tipple. But no, <clears throat> I, I'm not keen on gin. I like a pint of ale. <gasps>
0: Like oh a woman I after my own he loves-
13: heart oh, really? oh yes. really yes I yeah I love it I love ale I mean I just think that's that's great so yeah I'm I'm not sure that um Lily's into ale particularly although she likes cider from from Eddie Grundy's Cider shed. but um yeah, yeah ale I, I like a an unusual ale yeah not gin tea Hmm. Uh, anything else that's like me well I'm frightened of horses and she's a great horsewoman uh, wow. I don't like horses. Uh, she's supposed to be the most wonderful swimmer and uh, I don't like you know my feet not touching the bottom of a swimming pool. so <laughs> I, I, I don't know I don't know really I think um, probably um, I'm, I'm quite vivacious in some ways I think so um... I think
3: Lillian has a theatrical quality a deliberately theatrical quality which you'd think you know when, when you'd imagine that when she met people they would look at her and think I wonder if she's an actress because she sort of has that yes. star she has a bit of a you know like Winston Churchill said we're all worms but I'm a glowworm and <laughs> and and Lillian's a glowworm isn't she she's yes, just she got that is. radiant sort of thing she right? absolutely is she, she's a, she's
13: a good time girl you know she likes a good time she lives for the moment um and uh you know she's she she, she, she yeah she she, she she doesn't care, care too much, really, about the consequences of things, um, Lillian, uh, which have been disastrous at various times in her life. But <laughs> it's quite it's quite a nice mantra to sort of live by, really, you know, um, and she's constantly shocking the village. And, um, uh, and that's quite good, really. Quite oh, like God, that, yes. Thank you? God
3: for that. I and know. It, and that it's not a delinquent teenager that's doing it. It's, yes, uh, you right. know. Well, I know. You know, I've had. I, I was. I was laughing the other day because I
13: thought, you know, as an actress, I've had more affairs uh, <laughs> after a certain age in my life than I've had when I was younger, which is absolutely marvelous, and still they're going on. It's marvelous. <laughs> it's yes for the older woman. Yes.
3: Um, what do you think the What would you like to see the future holding for Lillian? For Lillian. Well, I
13: would think lots of dosh, lots of money, so that she can live in the manner in which she's accustomed. Um, and uh, yes, just to be happy and to have a good time, really, uh, you know, with, with a lovely man, whoever that may be, it has to be said. Oh I whoever think you I... know something. No, I know no more. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't actually. I don't. I don't. Um, uh, I, I don't. It's just that I suppose with with, with Lillian, you, you you never feel that things are always going to run completely smoothly. Or that anything but, settled, but, that anything oh, is, is settled, stayed still for that's longer it. than a fortnight. Yeah, that's it. That's the sort of nature of her. But we, we truly d- d- don't know. And actually, we were taken by surprise, both uh, Simon and myself. You know, when we got those last scripts, and because we heard uh, last Friday, um, and certainly in the omnibus, you know, when he he declared. As his love for her. We were both quite amazed when we got those scripts and the way I thought it was a clever twist to the storyline, really. Yes. Um, and uh, but we we genuinely do not know often, um you know, from one month to the next, yeah. what is happening, and that's really for several reasons because of the confidentiality of it, yeah. you know, within the program, but also because I think uh, you know our editors and producers like to see the, the way a story is developing and, and yes. listen, reactions to things, so they like to keep an open mind. You know, uh about things
3: really. I'm going to ask you to do the laugh at the end because I want to see if we can turn it into a ringtone, because that has been one of the most we wanted Kirsty's scream when she was jilted <laughs> at the altar as a ringtone. which would be a bit horrendous if you're on the bus and that goes off. And um and Lydia's laugh. But I just we just wanted for oh, uh nothing prurient, just uh, right. audience request. What yes. exactly was going on when Jenny burst in on them in the <laughs> Well, there was a lot of heavy breathing. There was a, there was a lot of heavy breathing, there and there was a lot, was lot of, of zipping. And there was a lot of zip activity, wasn't there? Yes, there was a lot of heavy up breathing. or down. That's what we couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah.
13: there, was a, there was a lot of duvet wrestling and a lot of zips, zips going up and down. It was actually very funny um, to to record. <laughs> They're quite tricky, though, yes. to record it. So. We in studio, we actually we have we have a sofa bed. Do you know I me. Mean? oh yes, it's all marvellous. We have a sofa bed. The rumpy um, pumpy couch. Oh uh, yeah, we have a rugby dumpling. And and our lovely spot girl, um I think it was Ness, I'm not sure at the time, but anyway, you know, it was opened out into the bed and, and we, we have the duvet and everything. Um and we did have you know the zip literally <laughs> was sort of very close to the microphone because you know. um, it, it's, it's very technical it's incredibly, incredibly technical and there was, yes, a lot of sort of heavy breathing and I think I was given the note right at the beginning of the scene before anyone actually said anything, you know, could we have a little bit of heavy breathing, Sonny, you know, to sort of suggest well, something's going on, but I'm activity. not quite sure maybe um, uh, There was a
3: lot of conjecture on social was- media about what could have been going guess, on Well, I'm not surprised <laughs> I'm not surprised. (laughs) It has been fabulous talking to you. Thank you so much. And I would reiterate to all our listeners that they must go and see you because it's such a good show and it's just such a laugh. It's a laugh.
13: Well, well, yes. So just to say, it, it, on the 18th, if anyone is in the Essex area, I'm, I'm at, at Colchester Arts Centre and then in Stratford the, the week after on the, uh, the 23rd and 24th at the Bear Pit Theatre. So, and come and say hello. If you do come, for goodness sake, come and say hello. You know, always lovely to meet to meet the listeners.
5: <laughs>
3: You'll
13: regret saying that after they're <laughs> all <won't>. queued up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> right, give us the laugh quickly. Okay. All right. have to take a breath in. Okay.
3: <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Sunny. I will leave you to get on with your evening. All girl. right. Thank Please, you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. I Lovely listen. to talk to you. And you. Lots Take of love. Care. Bye.
4: Bye. 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 You're so lucky. You've got to interview everyone's favourite character. I know. Why was yes, why, why couldn't I, why couldn't I in- interview her too? Is it because I'm black?
0: Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh! Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com yeah fair enough see you
4: next week (laughs) (laughs) there you go we're done